Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast. Here, we discuss homeschooling from the African perspective and the unique challenges that come with it. If you're considering homeschooling, we hope to inspire you as you take this bold step. If you're already a homeschooler, we are here to share encouragement for this wonderful journey we are on to educate our children in the best way we can. We are your hosts, Jifa Andam and Carissa Nete Marvel. Let's dive right into today's conversation. Hello again, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Homeschool Conversations Africa. We are excited to have with us today another veteran homeschooler. Um, her name is Ganon Brown. Ganon runs an um, organization that helps homeschoolers like you and me. I'm not going to say much because uh, that's kind of why she's here today. She's going to tell us a whole lot about her organization. So without much ado, let's um, welcome Ganon to the show. Welcome, Ganon. Uh, thank you so much for the warm welcome. I'm so excited to kind of do a deep dive into homeschooling. And um, it's just something I completely enjoy talking about. I've been homeschooling now for about uh, 12, 13 years. And wow. I absolutely love it. So I love talking about it. I love opportunities to talk about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> so thank awesome. Thank you for creating this for me. That, that makes two of us. So this should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So Ganan, can you tell us a bit about your family, um, where you're from, all of that stuff? Yes. Awesome. So um, I am a mother of four children. Uh, my children now are ages um, 15. She turns 16 soon. Um, and then I have a 15-year-old, but he's really 14. He turned, okay, let me just tell you the real ages. They're 15, <laughs> 15, 14, 13, and 11. Okay. okay. Those are their real ages. Okay. Uh, 15, 14, nice. 13, 11. So it's, it's so his back-to-back. Um, at, at some point, wow. um, I can say I had four children under four years old, and wow. um, that was kind of our life. Uh, we lived in Los Angeles uh, for a, a big part of our life, mm -hmm. uh, Los Angeles, California, and this is where our homeschool journey began, um, is in uh, Los Angeles, and we moved to Nigeria uh, for about six or seven years, and we continued to homeschool. Mm -hmm. uh, while we were in Nigeria. So that's also very interesting. And then we recently relocated back to Los Angeles uh, for the past year and a half, two years uh, for okay. my children's uh, high school, um, mm -hmm. you know, years um, cool. here. So, and we're still homeschooling our children through um, high school. So that's a little bit about our geographic mm -hmm. <laughs> journey <laughs> wow. and how uh, we ended up back in LA. But uh, but yeah, but the journey of homeschooling has been an interesting um, one. And um, I can share a little bit about that as well. Yes, please do. Yeah. So, so we started homeschooling when um, my oldest, my daughter was about six mm. and my youngest, uh, I, you know, uh, well, I had 
four kids, but my um, my other school age son was about five. So I say we homeschooled for about 12 years because even through the nursery years and all those years, we did a lot of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I mean, your kids are only in school for maybe about two hours here in the States, you know, with yeah. preschool and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was a stay-at-home mom, so there was a lot of homeschooling um, involved. But we officially took them out of the um, school system. Uh, when my daughter was about to enter second grade and my son was um, about to enter first. So when my, so the last school years uh, that my children experienced traditional school was first grade and kindergarten. And uh, it was at that point where I said, um, I just got to figure out something uh, different. I didn't have a model for what that looked like. Um, I know explaining to you earlier that, you know, my, my husband is Nigerian. He's uh, Mm -hmm. Igbo from Emo State. Um, So he went to, traditionally for him, he went to boarding school. Mm, I was also an educator, which is what I, uh, I hesitate at times telling telling families that I was an educator because somehow I feel like it um, unequally qualifies me for the role of a homeschool Mm, mom. mm. (laughs) That's right. That's a question we always get. But it makes things a lot worse. And I'll go into that later. I had a hard, harder time homeschooling because I was so grafted into what education looked like that I couldn't Mm. figure it out on my own. Years mm. to figure out what homeschooling actually looks like, and so I'll, I'll go into that. So it was actually a disservice, uh, but um, but I was an educator. My parents were educators. My mom's a school principal. She trains other school principals and um, at the college level. Um, my dad was a math and music teacher, so everything was traditional, kind of around. So I didn't have that model for mm. homeschooling. So mm. I just knew that there needed to be something else. I knew that I needed something else uh, mentally uh, Mm. for my own mental health as a mom, as I stated before, four kids, four and under, and uh, a student mom in Los Angeles. Um, And I qualify that by saying in Los Angeles, California, because it's a bit different being a mom here in Los Angeles than being a mom, uh, let's say when I was in Nigeria for six or seven years. I had a lot of help. Because mm. <laughs> I was going to say, I was just going to say that isn't that, you know, people will think, oh, send them off to school and, you know, mm-hmm. have your peace of mind and everything. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that you're saying for my mental health, I had to bring them home. And everybody's wondering, to- like, really? <laughs> you wanted all four <laughs> home with you? You're yeah. right. That's actually an excellent, uh, excellent point. You're right, because school is often looked at by you know some here that it is that that time that you get in the day to clean and cook and mm-hmm. you know if you're a stay-at-home mom and get yourself organized or whatnot or if you have a business that you're working from home those are the hours that you can use to do so but yeah. I think because my kids were so small and um you know my last child was you know was a baby at the time like under one years old so a lot of the hard work of staying up through the night uh mm-hmm. rested on me because my husband did work Mm-hmm. And um, and so now I'm up at six in the morning trying to get my my kids ready for school and trying to find the uniform, the shoes, and then they have to use the bathroom and then yep. okay, the lunch and then mm-hmm. I forgot something <laughs> and I have to go back up to the and so I would in, in all vulnerability as a mom I would find myself kind of being anxious all morning either mm-hmm. yelling or being agitated oh you can't mm-hmm. find your shoe I left the clothes out what'd you do with the clothes like just yeah. really just I can identify mm-hmm. yeah it just it, I was not enjoying being a mom I was yeah. not enjoying parenting. I was not enjoying my mornings. And um, I that's not how I envisioned um, 
being a mom is like mm-hmm. this, this huge. And so when I drop my kids off at school, I will feel so guilty because I feel like oh yelling God, at them <laughs> all morning, all morning. And now yeah. I drop them off and I'm not going to get them until three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how I envisioned my household. And I, I found myself in a, at a place where I felt like I've got to take control of this. I got to figure out what is best for me, not necessarily what everybody's doing. It's great mm-hmm. that it may work for, for my neighbor. It's great that it may work for my cousin. It may, it's great that it works for, you know, Susie down the street. But I am not happy in this routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pretend to be because it's, it's just not authentic. And it's going to come out one way or the other. So yeah. It was at that time and at that space for my mental health, I said, okay, homeschooling, I need slower mornings. I need Mm. slower mornings. I've been up all night with the crying baby and nursing at that. My last child nursed until he was two years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mm. And, and, and I just wanted time to read books with my kids or let them sleep in, you know, because even getting them up at six in the morning, it's not like they wanted to get up at six in the morning. It's like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get them off to school, you know, uh, take time to put together a healthier and better breakfast, go on a walk with my kids. Like, I felt like I just wanted to enjoy that time period and enjoy the, the pace that I felt like I was capable of um, at yeah. that point mm-hmm. um, in time in my life. So there was that with the mental health. And then the academic side of things was actually very interesting as well, uh, mm-hmm. because I had my kids in a really good charter school. Um, so charter schools uh, in, in California and in the States in general, but I'm going to speak, speak specifically about California because if it varies, you know, I want to mm-hmm. uh, make sure I'm not speaking for all charter schools. But charter schools can operate a lot like a private school. Yeah. Um, they get a lot of funding. And, um, and so they often operate like a private school, but they're public. So you don't pay for charter schools, mm-hmm. um, but they're excellent schools. And this one... Um, that I went to had, when I say excellent, I mean, like they, um, you know, they're, they're held H A I L E D like they, you know, they get a lot of praise, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. you do need to put your child in school. And like I said, with homeschool, the, it, homeschooling is not the panacea and we'll get to that for everybody. It's, it's, it's gotta work for you. I, I'm, I'm I do believe God can work through anything and everything. Mm-hmm. I just speak specifically about how it worked for me and my family. And there yeah. are families that this is like, the option for them and this is what they're they're capable of and this is what they see and I do believe God can work through all of that as well mm-hmm. um, and so charter schools do um, offer that option where it feels like a private school so that's kind of what our schools what, what the type of school that we're in so I'm saying that to say so we encountered spaces where um, like my son let's say for example um, who was in kindergarten at the time who was reading at like a second, third grade level. Now I know that might sound magnanimous and huge and oh my gosh, is he a genius? No, he had a sister that knew how to read and she liked to read and he would pick up books and he would read because she was reading. And so mm. often when there's an older sibling, the, the younger siblings copy, you know, what yeah. the older sibling does. Yes, so he was right. more exposed. I'm not saying my kids are geniuses at all. I'm just saying he was exposed and he desired to read and that, um, you know, therefore he kind of got it. Right. So, mm-hmm. but now we're in kindergarten and it's like, you want to send my child home <laughs> with vocabulary words of like it and, and, and a, mm-hmm. and if he's just going to like, be bored. <laughs> I am like, this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> So I would talk, but to, to be people. fair to them, I guess they're trying to cater to the whole 
They have to the to. whole class, right? They can't, you know, they can't um, customize it. Absolutely, yeah. they cannot. Well, they can, they can, they can, kind of. You can differentiate. To, to an extent, <laughs> yes. But they cannot ever meet you at the level of, if I were to compare it to a homeschooling situation. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it cannot be met that way. And I think that's ultimately what I decided. Uh, because mm -hmm. I did have the conversations with the teachers. And I did say, hey, look, this is way too easy. Their answer was to give him more work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not, that's not challenging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you give a kindergarten more work. Who does the work, really? Like, who? who Who's really the parent. Out, out, all night? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We are not. You're not. This is not the solution uh, mm -hmm. to give me more work and more stuff I have to oversee. This is not the solution. Um, so I think that was my conclusion. So I feel like I tried with the school. I tried to have the conversations. And then at some point, I kind of felt like I was like a stage mom. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like a Hollywood stage mom. Like, look, look what my kid can do. Like, mm -hmm. like oh, Yeah. <laughs> like, my kid is super special. But I am trying to say that, like, he can read. <laughs> mm, yeah yeah so yeah. is there a way that we can differentiate education uh for him and mind you i was a kindergarten teacher so i do know what is possible so so yeah so in regards to the decisions for for homeschooling that's kind of how it was birthed it was birthed out of me trying to figure out as a mom uh what do i need Mm -hmm. um, as a mom, uh, at this particular, um, stage in my life, not comparing myself to anybody, yeah. but just what is it that I need and really allowing myself to be authentic about what I needed, mm -hmm. um, and be heard about what I needed. Um, because you know, you have to communicate, I have to communicate to your husband, you have to communicate to your, you know, people mm -hmm. around you. Um, and so really, uh, being truthful about what I needed mm -hmm. and then to academically really seeing that my kids needs academically were not, uh, getting met, mm -hmm. um, in the school system. And, and it's not necessarily their fault. Um, as you mentioned before there, you know, they have a, a common core curriculum. It's actually specifically called common core, mm -hmm. um, in the States that they kind of have to, uh, go by. And there's really not a lot of room for mm -hmm. the de facto's that are either above or below mm -hmm. um, the level of where in which they are uh, mm -hmm. teaching, even though they do try, the best teachers do try to differentiate education. And, yeah. um, and those that are unknowing, um, you know, find it difficult to do so. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's at that point is kind of when I decided that there's got to be something, something else. And that's when I started researching what mm -hmm. other options uh, were, you know, uh, mm. what, op what other options were available to me. And I kind of, uh, stumbled upon a hybrid program, which allowed my kids to go to school, uh, two days a week. Mm. And then I homeschooled three days a week. So it was an in-person hybrid program. So we did okay. that for a few years. Yeah. So we did That's that. Cool. Yeah. Those are neat. Those are very neat because when they were like the best school, of both worlds, huh? <laughs> yes, which is exactly what we're going to transition GCLS into. That's what we're growing um, ourselves into uh, to be able to do that. Um, okay. And then, well, you just referred to GCLS, so yes, and our yes. listeners don't know what GCLS is. So, you, so can you tell us yeah. what GCLS yeah. is, what it stands for, um, why you decided to start it? Yes. Yes. So GCLS, it stands for Global Citizen Leadership Schools. And so um, our goal, our goal and our aim uh, with the school is to train young hearts and minds to be global citizens and to mm -hmm. be um, 
factors of change and agents of change right where they stand. We teach that there's no such thing as small voices, even mm -hmm. if there's small bodies, uh, they yeah. have a big voice. And so mm -hmm. a big part of what we do is connecting real world and real world uh, issues um, and bring them forth uh, with our students and they learn how to solve problems. We, we focus on the um, sustainable development goals. Nigeria has their own set of sustainability development goals. Yeah. Um, they are congruent for the most part with the UN, which is United Nations uh, Sustainability mm -hmm. Development Goals. And so for each um, like learning period, we may focus on a, um, on a, uh, on a sustainable, on a SDG goal. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just, finished um four which was about SEG go four which is about health mm. and well-being and the kids were able to create projects on how they can um first of all identify a problem and then being able to solve a problem right so part That's of being a, cool. a global citizen is being able to see the problems around you mm -hmm. and then figure out how to solve the problem and communication is huge so that's why at our school we focus on four languages we focus on obviously there's english of course but mm -hmm. we do french we do Igbo, and we do yoruba <clears throat> as the okay. languages and our, our our goal what we would love for we encourage all the students to kind of take all of the language uh, courses therefore they can communicate um across tribes and and um and communicate their big ideas um mm. We focus on presentation skills, 21st century presentation skills. Children as young as four years old and five years old are learning to do slideshow presentations. Mm -hmm. uh, they're learning how to control Zoom meetings. They're learning how to take questions from a crowd. They're learning to communicate through being nervous. They dress appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when I say these children at five years old are learning how to hit all the buttons in a Zoom meeting, I absolutely mean it because I still can't. Well, they take I your phone at two years old and they know what to do, do right? So I'm not too surprised. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're all over the place in the Zoom meeting. Like, I don't think I can have a Zoom meeting unless my assistant's on the Zoom call with me. <laughs> she's, like, she's like my Zoom DJ, you know? Uh, but these kids are like, just they're, they're, they're just uh, full force. And so... That's the premise of the school. We teach from mm. a place of uh, growth. We teach from a place of uh, project-based learning. So we focus again on our SDG goal. Um, with, like I said, we, we just finished four about health. And then we incorporate all of the subjects into that math. So that math, reading, uh, writing, language, everything is kind of tied mm -hmm. into that. Yeah. So that children see that learning is not isolated. That math yes. isn't isolated. Math mm -hmm. can be a part of solving world problems. And they can mm -hmm. see how numbers and figures and statistics and maps and all of these things matter. And understanding these things mm -hmm. uh, matters. Mm -hmm. um, so we focus uh, so, so we focus on our SDG goals we focus on project-based learning mm -hmm. uh, me personally um, I went to Harvard for uh, uh, this particular subject with uh, global citizenship and education um, so I'm able to take a lot of the lessons that I've, I've learned there and incorporate them with uh, global citizenship uh, lessons up at the school we mm -hmm. have a course specifically for global citizenship I mean that's how serious we are about it mm -hmm. so we do talk about we do integrate the topics into to, uh, like the SDG goes into the learning goals uh, for the different subjects. We also have a global citizenship class where we focus specifically on um, on the goals at hand and the children do participate in real world uh, projects. So mm -hmm. like for health and climate, 
the kids are um, passing out sanitizers and masks and things like that. And at the beginning of COVID, the kids designed um, and had to predict what restaurants and going to restaurants will look like during COVID uh, mm, times and things like that. They designed mm. their yeah restaurants using math skills and things like that and Minecraft and all of that stuff. So we try to incorporate so much into what the children are learning. And about yeah. every six weeks, uh, every six weeks, the children's ha the children uh, have to present. Mm -hmm. So they're learning to not be nervous. They're learning to communicate. They're learning how to talk to to be heard. Um, yeah. they're learning that, uh, you know, that they can communicate to adults and not such a hierarchy way. Mm. Right. Which mm. I would say, um, in African countries, specifically my experience in Nigeria, there is a, there's a stronger hierarchy between yes, children absolutely. and adults. Absolutely. Uh, and so learning that I have this big idea and learning how to communicate that with adults, despite age. It's very mm. powerful for a, ch for a child to understand that they do have a voice and what they mm. have to say is important, mm. you know, um, in that setting, right? This wow. context, right? Yes. <laughs> in that well, that's a lot. That's a lot. This sounds like, it sounds exciting though. Um, yeah, I love hearing about it, but I have one question for you, Ganon. Yes. Um, so you mentioned the languages and you mentioned Igbo and Yoruba and we have listeners who are not all Nigerian. And so I'm just going to ask for those listeners who are wondering because they probably think, oh, okay, then this is not for us. So um, is, is this, oh. how is GCLS going to work for people from yeah. other African countries? French. Oh. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that we do have French. Okay. As well. Okay. The third so it's French, is Igbo, Yoruba. Um, do you, you know do what? you hope to include other languages? You know, as the, if, as you see, list grows. Absolutely, if the interest is there. So we went by we go by interest, right? Okay. Um, okay. So if the interest is there, let's say you know, um, even for Hausa, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something that we're venturing into once the interest um, is there. So okay. if, if if the need is presented, then absolutely, um, we we will meet. So therefore, if there's a homeschool, let's say a group of of moms, and they have maybe about 10 students and they want to focus on their language. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ghana, we, we can totally arrange that. Right. Okay. And make that That's... happen. CLS, if the interest is definitely available um, okay. there, but the school did start in Nigeria with, yes. um, and, <laughs> and it's yes. based in Lagos, right? <laughs> so that makes perfect sense. The interest is there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. mom say, we started with Igbo and then we had a bunch of moms saying, what about Yoruba? We're like, okay, all right, we got you. you know? <laughs> so uh, when, when we have interested moms that are interested in that, then that's definitely what, uh, what we do. But our electives are the language classes. We do a lot of science lab, uh, mm. social studies with kids. Uh, the students learn about different African tribes and African civilizations and, mm. um, and again, a lot of the reading and uh, we do plays and uh, we, we do plays through Zoom. Okay, uh, I was just going to ask, how do you do that? <laughs> so, yeah. okay, through we Zoom. That's we neat. do virtual field trips, virtual yeah. field trips all around the world on Fridays. We have game days on Fridays. And we're also incorporating in-person now. Obviously, it's more local, but mm -hmm. like in-person. Uh, so we had our... Um, an event in February that focused on our um, SDG goal of, of health. Uh, mm -hmm. So we had students come to the uh, Boardwalk Event Center in Victoria Island in Lagos, Nigeria. So uh, okay. maybe we'll do a world tour later for our other African uh, countries as well. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, but we are based in Lagos, so we are starting there. We have another in-person event happening in March, um, in Lagos, happening March, I think, uh, I'm sorry, March, um, April 15th, which is, okay. um, well, the, 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 um, you know, it's a bank holiday, I believe, on that day for mm -hmm. uh, Lagos. So, um, so therefore, you know, we'll have about 50 students uh, come. And so therefore, any homeschoolers are around. And for those that are interested in learning about homeschooling or what a typical homeschool day looks like, we open up the doors of the Boardwalk Event Center so that parents can experience what a full mm -hmm. day looks like from 10 to about three o'clock okay. um, uh, p.m. And so we'll have another uh, in-person event, um, in April. And again, if the interest is there, we can totally do this in other, uh, countries as cities, well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cities. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All um, right. Well, there we can good, do that. Good to know. Good to know. So I, um, I have a couple more questions. Um, just looking at our time here, there's so much I want to ask you. So, um, with the classes you offer, um, well, you mentioned science and I guess science is science really. That's what I tell people, but I'm still going to ask because I, I try to put myself um, in the shoes of our listeners and <laughs> ask what they might want to ask. So do you follow a particular curriculum or is it, is it just general that will really fit in with any curriculum? Because, you know, homeschoolers use different mm -hmm. curricula. Um, so, the, yeah, great question. Um, so we follow the, the main curriculum we follow across the board is the American curriculum, which is the common core curriculum. Okay. Uh, we do have students that are um, a part of, you know, uh, GCLS that are schooling in Nigeria, but they still desire to be a part of the American curriculum because maybe they okay. will transition mm. to American high school. We also follow the British curriculum because we do have students that um, you know, transition. Mm -hmm. So between those two, we look at the, the, the science curriculum, the science components, what, what, what do students need to learn by certain, you know, what's, what's the focus. Mm -hmm. And we kind of gear our uh, science program to that. Okay. Uh, typically, I would say like third, fourth graders, between third, fourth, and fifth, uh, the science can be kind of the same in regards to the experiment, but then we'll work backwards in regards to um, the, we'll differentiate uh, and we'll scaffold is what we call scaffold S-C-A-F-F-O-L-D, mm -hmm. we'll mm -hmm. scaffold it. So we teach to the higher level and then we'll scaffold it back for the younger years. Okay. Um, so that's kind of how we approach uh, the science. And so typically also what we'll do is we will, um, you know, um, those that um, are involved with our science program, they'll know what science experiments that we're doing ahead of time. They'll know mm -hmm. what materials are needed mm -hmm. um, or whatnot and uh, ahead of time and typically it's pretty simple and basic things that mm -hmm. they can get from a grocery store or whatnot and yeah. then we do the experiment live on zoom together okay fun right and therefore we can kind of see what everybody's doing and where everybody's at we can have the conversations and they have their worksheets and things like that so we we do it all together uh via zoom so that our our, our classes are live so they're mm. virtual but they're live and then okay. we record the classes uh for those that cannot make uh that work that time and we put it in our uh, google classroom so we use the google okay. classroom platform. okay Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Okay. And yeah. that's important because someone might hear that you're based in California and we know that's what, like, I don't know how many hours now, nine hours, something Actually, like that. <laughs> Nigeria. All of our staff, our team is in Nigeria. Okay. So, so yes. So it's good to know. It's good to know. So yeah. this is African time people. 
um, this yeah, is uh, <laughs> this is Lagos time, or at least if you're you know if you're in any of the countries, it's just maybe two hours ahead or an hour or so behind. Yes, so it's um, it works. African yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, which which demographic anon would you say that GCLS is best suited for? Um, is it just for homeschoolers, or can uh, children who are in school sort of supplement with GCLS? Um, which which group would you say? Yeah. So the the um, if I were to look at our demographic, most of the students are students that are who have families that are committed to homeschooling. Okay. Um, and, and that, and, uh, we, we work with the parents on how to create that dynamic in their household. Mm. Um, so I do consultations with parents so that they can see what is possible for them. Cause sometimes they, they, they get overwhelmed with the idea of homeschool. Mm. So we work with them, uh, to really help get them, uh, get parents and families uh, comfortable with the idea, especially during COVID time. It was, um, you know, uh, we had a lot of families that really homeschooled, um, yeah specifically homeschool because they didn't want their children going back to school and then they kind of wound up uh, staying with us. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so we do have homeschool families. So the day is structured for a homeschool family from morning, from morning to we have physical fitness classes. Okay. <laughs> we have reading lab, writing lab. Um, we have handwriting classes for the early learners, um, uh, for the kiddos there. And then we kind of dive into our um, math labs and all of that stuff. Um, so we, we have a lot of live classes that mm. really are structured on West African time for okay. homeschoolers. So our homeschool family can feel like, well, I, there's a lot for my kids, my child to do all day from like okay. eight in the morning, to like okay. four o'clock, five o'clock in the evening. Okay. There's always something for the children uh, to do. So the day is structured for that. Okay. We also have electives. So electives are for families that do go to day school. Maybe they're out of school like at one or two, but mm -hmm. they want their children to be involved more in, in our language components. So our language components typically start around, let's say, three o'clock to five o'clock in the evening times or the later mm -hmm. afternoon time. Okay. That also works. Because we have, let's say, my children, right, that are participate in the language classes. So mm. three to five, you know, um, in um, West African time, will be about eight o'clock in the morning, seven, eight, nine o'clock uh, for, um, for children in California, right? Mm. So you will have, uh, for the language classes, you might have more of an international um, uh, demographic because yeah. in the morning time, you know, the, the students can um, log on in the morning because they want... Their, their children to learn, uh, you know, their language. You have Nigerians in the diaspora, mm. you know, who want their children to really uh, learn the language. So okay. I was, so, so we have mm. the, the elective uh, component. So mainly we have um, um, children that want to homeschool. That's the largest uh, demographic. And then we have okay. children that um, want to participate in the electives. Mm. Um, and then uh, we also, it's important to note this, that we do have our live classes uh, but we also have um, a online system, an online portal that the children have access to that are fully homeschooling with us. So we have okay. our live classes, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. Our live classes are wonderful to get that social interaction and teacher mm -hmm. interaction and specific tutoring and everything that your kid needs. We also have an online portal that we use for academics as well. And okay. that's where we do a lot of our testing, our metrics, 
Okay. Um, that's where we do a lot of academic, like, you know, hardcore stuff will be on yeah. our, our, on our um, online portal and it uses artificial intelligence. So basically, um, let's say, remember I was uh, sharing with you about my son who at, at that time, he's 15 years old now or 15, mm -hmm. but he was in kindergarten and he was reading at a second grade level. Well, the system would know that he's reading at a second grade level and therefore then they will keep giving him work to challenge him at his level, not okay. necessarily at his mm -hmm. grade. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's say my daughter, at one point she struggled with math. I was let's say around uh, grade five or grade four, like she was just really struggling mm -hmm. uh, with math. Um, and so we needed to slow down on that a little bit. Well, this system will then give her what she needs with where she's at to get okay. her up. So yeah. the system is designed to get your child up to grade level and even soar beyond that, at least two to three grade levels. I'm using grade levels as the American system, grade levels. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So um, you have to translate that in whatever system that you use. But we do mm. mainly use the American system. A lot of things are kind of built around that. Okay. Um, and we found that children did not have at all um, an adjustment period uh, switching from GCLS to, let's say, later on, their, their families did want to send them to boarding school or, or to London or to whatever. Uh, their okay. children did not have uh, an adjustment period at all um, okay. with us because they were always learning above their grade level. That's great. That's good to know. That's yes. good. We'll have to wrap up here, but we will continue this conversation in our next episode. So do join us then. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast.